Welcome to the 2020 Chicky Awards. What's up, Chick Foley Nation? We're here with the last episode of the Chick Foley Show in 2020, and this is a very special episode because it is going to be the return of the Chicky Awards. Let me first introduce the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? Doing pretty good. It's, uh, when you said it was the last show of 2020, I don't know. I mean, I knew it was like the end of December, but something about it just like all of a sudden we're going to be in a new year kind of just like caught me off guard for a second. Marco, how's life up in New England? Good, good. Just uh, just waiting to enter into this uh, this new year that we're going into and uh, celebrating a birthday on the way in. So I know the MVP. The MVP's turning another year older. How does it feel? Uh I feel it. It's 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 old age. Yeah, you, uh, you wake up and find new new uh, new, new aches, new pains. You're not no selling this one. <laughs> Workouts aren't as uh, as fluid as they used to be. So uh, yeah. Can't Listen, we'll go, we got we to gotta keep you in fight and shape, champ. You got to, you know, we'll, we'll get you right in 2021. With that being said, I want to wish everyone out there, all of our Foley fam, all of our loyal listeners, a happy new year. Um, like I said before, hopefully this 2021, you know, we're not going to get our hopes too high. 2020 has set the bar pretty low. So all 2021 has to do is just like, just be, just be better than 2020. You know what I mean? So let's go into this new year and uh, let's, let's kick its ass. Let's not let it do, you know, vice versa. Hell yeah. Sheena, tell me where they can find you guys on social media. So you can find me at Chick Foley on Instagram. You can find the MVP on Twitter at Chick Foley show. And then most importantly, you can join our Foley fam and our Facebook community at Chick Foley show dot com where we just put up our figure Friday. I did a figure Friday this week with um, the macho, the macho man pops. I did the diamond collection and I showed it up against the, the standard issue macho man. Um, and also did the Hulk and Mr. T two pack. So those are some really good looking pops. If you haven't seen those, I'm sure you guys have, but if you don't have them in your collection and you're a pop, you're a pop fan, uh, they are, they're pretty stellar. Yeah. And then tell them about the, uh, the book that we received from our friends in Australia. Dude, this week. Yeah. We had a book come all the way from down under, um, which is pretty crazy. Let me just tell you, this book got here to us from Australia. I had a package that was coming from Michigan and the book from Australia got here before the USPS package that I had coming from, yeah, from Michigan like, and got here. Like, yeah. It was like a week and change. Yeah. It was, was here. it was insane. I couldn't believe that, that it got here so fa- uh, so fast, but our friends over at, um, you can find them on Instagram at LJN Wrestling Superstars book. Um, we got a copy of their new LJN Collector's Guide, and it is so beautiful. It is just like packed with content, full color photos. Like like each LJN figure is broken down in full detail. They've added so many extras in the book. Like it just the the cover of the book. They just nailed the feel of of you know LJNs and the wrestling superstars collection as a whole. Um, I cannot recommend this enough. Even if you're not an LJN, if you even if you're not LJN collectors, we don't personally collect LJNs, but. I mean, the book was just a must-have just because of, like I said, the quality content. It's beautiful. Um, if you're into wrestling figures, you need to have it just for uh, historical purposes. Yeah, for sure. It's where, it's where we all came from. <laughs> yeah, it was the, it's the origin story of where we are now. So um, definitely pick that up. We I, I posted on our link tree um, in our bio uh, the American. So there's a U.S. Dis- distributor. So you can buy from them, obviously. So you don't want your book save, coming all the save way. Save about from, 15 bucks on shipping. Yeah, you don't want it coming all the way over from, from Australia. So check out our link and a link tree. And I've been posting the link in the stories too. So check that out. You can always swipe up on the stories um, and grab a copy. But yeah, well worth it. Super awesome collector's piece. And it's a great way. I feel like as a collector's, you know, like space is one of those things that really limits us, you know, like you don't have enough shelf space, you don't have enough, you know, place for detox and all that kind of stuff. But having these guides, it kind of makes you feel like you have all of the the figures in hand, even though, you know, you, you may not we're, have space. We're at least giving a little nod to, uh, yeah. to the LJN line, even if we don't necessarily have every figure. Cause yeah, we, have, we basically have this book and then we got the original Hulk Hogan LJN, which yeah. I still, to this day, when I hear the word wrestling figure, that's like the image that instantly pops in my head is that Hulk Hogan LJN. Yeah, so, it's a classic. Yeah, I, oh, I got yeah, a pretty definitely. high standard for uh, this kind of thing, and this this book is awesome. So very strong recommendation for everybody to pick up. If you need a late Christmas present for uh, the wrestling fan in your life, go ahead and grab it. And then uh, the other big thing is that Zorro Mendez, the uh, the LJN Whisperer, he actually gave it the, uh, the, the thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah. And so it's very about the strongest endorsement you can get for anything 100%. LJN related. 
Um, before we go any further, we do want to uh, remind you guys to use code Chick Foley for all your purchases at Ringside Collectibles, the number one uh, retailer of wrestling figures worldwide. And so we are going to do the chickies later on. We got a bunch of fun categories for you guys. But first, uh, we are going to start the show on a little bit of a somber uh, note. Um, over the weekend, the wrestling world was, I really think, rocked straight to its core with yeah. the news that uh, that Brody Lee has passed away at the age of 41. He'd been off TV since losing the TNT Championship to Cody um, back in October. And, it, you know, AEW is pretty good about this. When guys take a big loss, they usually get, you know, three, four, five weeks off TV. Um, just to kind of recover and freshen up a little bit before they come back and start their next program. So I don't think anybody was, you know, really raised any alarms on this. And then, you know, Brody's disappearance kind of stretched out a while. And then Dave Meltzer had posted a couple weeks ago about it was being a closely guarded secret on what exactly was going on. So we didn't know. And then just out of nowhere, we get this news on Saturday of some sort of lung ailment is um what his wife said so uh just tragic you know 41 years old i mean I, just... I just turned 36 in november and i would you know i even know what i i really couldn't even process the thought of somebody told me i only had five years left you know mm-hmm. um dude was still young and he was really hitting his peak as a wrestler you know he he had a good run in wwe i think for as much as people want to say um you know he never got his just due he was in some pretty big high profile storylines and stuff in WWE but Absolutely. he was really he was really getting a chance to spread his wings in AEW um and the biggest thing about it is is for as good as he was as a wrestler which i think all the real wrestling fans knew this dude was awesome he was even a much better person the outpouring of love and support we've seen from all his peers in the industry is really unmatched and unfortunately we've had a lot more wrestler deaths than we would care to to talk about, you know, um, over the past five to 10 years, but this one seems like it really hit hard. You know, you can't find anybody to have a, a bad word about him. And really the thing is, it seemed like just about everybody, um, had some sort of touching story or something that they want to share. And they all talked about how amazing of a husband and a daddy was. Um, so yeah, I know it, it got me tore up seeing all the posts. I mean, what, what's you guys just want to share some, some of your thoughts and stuff on this, this crazy news that we got over the weekend. Yeah. I mean, I think you pretty much nailed it. I mean, Saturday we were, Seth and I were just sitting, you know, watching, um, we were up in our bedroom watching some Netflix and you know, I just happened to like scroll social media while we were going to get a drink. And, uh, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, Oh my, like what? It just, it just caught me so off guard. And yeah. And then to see the outpouring of love and support, um, Again, just as a father and as a human being, I mean, like like Seth kind of alluded to, I feel like as wrestling fans, we're as sad as it is, we're pretty conditioned to seeing, you know, things happen to wrestlers. It's a, it's a rough it's a rough sport to be in. You know, it definitely takes a toll on your health and you know your well being, and it's a hard life for sure. Um, but I think just you know everybody like talking about what a wonderful like just man he was and how funny he was and what a devoted like father and husband and then just seeing the posts from his wife like it just really humanized him in a way that I wasn't prepared for I mean it just like tore me up you know it would have been bad enough if you know they were just like you know Luke Harper passed away it was awful but just seeing every like every single superstar you cannot scroll social media without seeing somebody from AEW, um, WWE, I'm talking like production, you know, everybody, the authority figures. I mean, everybody just loved him. And, um, it's just, it's just the most unfortunate thing. Marco, what did you think when you heard the news on Saturday? Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty rough as well. Um, I actually, my wife actually, um, seen it before I did. She was on our phone and she, uh, she was like, she was like, did you see something Brody Lee pass away? And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was, yeah. and I obviously grabbed my phone real quick, checked, and I was like, I was like, holy crap! I was like, it's, it, it, it was a shock, definitely, because you know he, like you said he disappeared um, after you know that that last match, I think in October. Yeah. Uh, so he's been gone for a few months, if anything, or maybe a little bit over a month. And uh, then you know the first news you hear about him is that he passed away. I think is- I think that really goes to show too the level of like, you know, adoration and respect that all of his peers and all of the people in the industry have for him. Cause you know that, you know, there had to be people that knew about what was going on, you know, I mean, so many people in AEW had to know, you know, I mean, I know Tony Khan knew, um, but the fact that it didn't leak out and nobody, you know, knew what, knew what was going on in his private life. I think it really goes to show you how much people disrespected him in, you know, his privacy and his family. And, you know, I think that says a lot about AEW as a company too, um, just how they kept it really, you know, close to the vest and, 
the way they've honored him and stuff so far since his passing. And obviously we're going to see on yeah, Wednesday. We had, a, we had a major show lined up for Wednesday with the mm-hmm. part one of the new year smash. It was going to be like, I was really looking forward to that card and they've completely canceled that and pushed all that stuff back a week um, to put together this, this Brody Lee tribute show. So yeah, AEW's definitely had kind of like a, uh, you know, a little bit of a semi charmed existence so far. So I've having to deal with the pandemic. They've really had, you know, nothing but kind of good things happening since they, uh, since they took over. This is the first real big, you know, I wouldn't call it controversy, but just first first Hurdle, real negative yeah. event that they've had to uh, handle. And hats off to Tony Khan and the team down there because they've, they've handled everything perfectly so far, just like Sheena said. Yeah. And, you know, um, I know a lot of people were kind of saying, you know, they wanted more from from WWE um, because on Raw, they, they did a screenshot of him, you know, a graphic in the beginning of Raw, you know, uh, in memory of Luke Harper. Um, but it was just kind of, um, I think they were respecting AEW because they had already announced that AEW was going to do this big tribute show. And AEW is working directly with, you know, his family. And I think, I think it was very respectful of WWE and WWE. I have no doubt that there will be network content. There will be social media content, his best uh, moments, his best matches, all of that kind of stuff, you know, filmed and they're going to put that kind of content out. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that on in the future, but I think a lot of people were really upset with the way it was like, just kind of like brushed over on raw, but they did, they mentioned it a few times, you know, Xavier um, did the big clothesline, um, you know, to pay, to pay respects. And then they talked about it on raw talk, him and Kofi, um, you know, we're talking like did a whole segment on it. So I think they were just kind of like passing the buck to AEW to allow them to do it in a way that, you know, um, his his family would want and that sort of thing. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the network. They already, they had a playlist up like within three hours of the news yeah. coming out. So there's a uh, there's like a Luke Harper's Greatest Hits playlist already up on the network uh, yeah. for everybody to check out. So yeah. take a look at that because he definitely had some tremendous matches um, <laughs> during his WWE run. And yeah. speaking of which, let's just go around. Marco, what was your all-time favorite Luke Harper match or, or Brody Lee? Either or. Well, yeah, um, <clears throat> just to piggyback off of what uh, she said before I give that answer. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they are actually doing like a like a, uh, like a a package for them and stuff like that for WWE. It's like in, in production right now. So that is definitely happening. Um, and I think it definitely was to, you know, let AEW do the, do the tribute show and not step on anything. Because if you've seen on social media, AEW is retreating all of WWE's um, – Posts and stuff like that, and all yeah, their, I saw that. all, and their, all the talents yeah. posting, all the, all the, yeah, any, pretty much anyone that was uh, saying anything good about him and stuff like that, they were retweeting and showing that stuff. And Xavier Woods actually did something pretty cool where, um, if you didn't get to see what type of guy he was um, in his personal life and stuff like that, he was actually on Up Up Down Down a lot. Oh, that, that video um, he put up was so good. Yeah, so they put that video together to you know get a little glimpse of like what everyone else got to see behind the scenes besides. Uh, what we fans seen in the ring and stuff like that. So definitely uh, go seek that out and definitely take a look at that. It's a really, really cool video and you get to see the playful stuff. Uh, they also did a lot of stuff on Raw too, like very subtle stuff uh, throughout the show. Like Drew McIntyre started off his promo with, it's Monday, you know what that means. Right. Um, and then he continued on with his promo. And then like um, Xavier Woods had that Brody um, armband on. Yeah, I think they both had it. Too, yeah. Um, there's a few discus clotheslines. Xavier Woods did one. Uh, Ricochet did did his version of it. Uh, when Retribution came out, they did that uh, Wyatt family um, entrance where they like put put their heads together and walked down the ramp. I'm not sure if you if you noticed that at all, but that was so. There there, there were things throughout the show uh, which were pretty. Um, classy and stuff like that so yeah and you know i mean you know that ha- that stuff had to be approved by wwe i mean yeah. people don't i mean you can't just like go off script from wwe so you know that kind of stuff exactly through and you know approved so the fact that they let that stuff be on tv just goes to show that they weren't just glossing over it that they they just wanted to take a step aside and you know allow aew to pay tribute true all right um so my uh so my match pick for uh luke harper is probably not a known real known match Unless you have the network, um, it was a network only show. It was a uh, roadblock uh, twenty sixteen. It was the main event was uh, uh, Dean Ambrose or John Moxley versus Triple H yeah, for the uh, world title, which was, was a really fun show, awesome match uh, itself. Uh, but before that, uh, it was the it was kind of like a almost like a handicap match slash tag team match uh, with Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper um, against Brock Lesnar, and uh, Bray Wyatt was injured. Um, not in storyline, I believe, but like in real life. So he kind of like played the heel role and kind of yeah. He was like, just letting Luke do a little bit, uh, like yeah. yeah he, he's he's going to jump in the match, but didn't. 
So uh, it was basically Luke Harper versus uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, which was I, I thought it was a, a, a shock to me anyway. Like uh, Luke Harper was actually getting a one on one with Brock Lesnar pretty much. And it was a really good match. Um, the Bro- Brock did what he did. He 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 respected the size of uh, Luke Harper, and um, he got to uh, do some pretty cool stuff during that match as well. So yeah, definitely go back and watch that. That that's a really fun match, and I think it's kind of like a kind of like a hidden gem of a definitely. match if you want to see Luke Harper like. Uh, in a one-on-one setting against arguably one of the biggest stars in wrestling, not even WWE, just in general, or athletes in general. So pretty good. Mm-hmm. Shana, what about you? your favorite Luke Harper or Brody Lee match? I'm going to have to go with um, Harper and Rowan versus the Usos at uh, Battleground 2014. So it was like, you know, the Wyatt family um, versus the Usos and they, they came in and had a hell of a match. It was a you know two out of three falls match. Um, they was, op- I think it was the opener. It was the show. opener. Yeah, yeah, they opened the show. Uh, just a freaking tag team classic. So you know, Usos Usos retained, but I mean, not not for the Wyatt's effort. I mean, they they definitely put on a show. So if you go back and watch Battleground 2014, um, it was the opening match of that show, and yeah. it was they had a, they had a bunch of good matches there in the uh, early summer 2014 because remember it was. John Cena kind of enlisted the Usos to help him out in his feud with the uh, with the Wyatts. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, Usos uh, had a bunch of good matches with those guys. I went with the uh, the ladder match from Luke Harper's Intercontinental Championship run. He took on uh, you know one of my personal favorites, Dolph Ziggler at TLC 2014, and they just had a hell of a match. It's got a really unique finish. Um, I think that was actually the opener, also. So yeah, I guess Luke Harper just got a knack for having awesome <laughs> yeah. trying, to go, trying to go out and steal the show. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Sheena were in the house at WrestleMania 31, 31 when he powerbombed yeah. uh, Dean Ambrose, currently known as John Moxley, through the ladder. So, yeah, dude, dude did have a knack for coming in, opening match, and and, uh, and trying to steal the show. Um, but, yeah, just very sad news. Um, th- while, while we're discussing it, favorite figure, Marco, what do you like? Did you like the uh, – you prefer Ooh. the Bludgeon Brothers or the uh, the Wyatt Family Elite of uh, Luke Harper? Wow. Um that's a tough one. Yeah, um, he had two, there's he had two, two elites, right? He's he yeah. got three elites. He had two Wyatt families. They were both very similar. One, yeah, one he's was like got the like white a, tank top, right? Uh, yeah. They both white tank top, but one, he's got the red flannel vest, and the other one, he's got like a tan vest. That's right. Yeah, the tan, yeah. The tan vest. And then the um, Bludgeon Brothers. What, what, what do you, you go Wyatt or Bludgeons for his figure? I like the, I like the Bludgeon Brothers one, uh, mainly because obviously it's newer and more detailed. Yeah. Um, those, are, not, those are like the underrated figures of that set, too, because like, they were they were heavy as hell. Insane. Yeah, yeah I, did an, I did an unboxing. <laughs> I think uh, they're pretty solid. As an as strictly as an action figure, yeah, I think the Bludgeon Brothers one takes the cake. But the Wyatt family one is so cool, just because when you have the original Elite Twenty Eight Bray with the Hawaiian shirt, Eric yeah. Rowan with the yeah. jumpsuit, yep. Harper, and then Braun with the black mask, those yeah. figures just look incredible together. So I I still think you know if I can only keep one. Uh, Luke Harper figure. I'm definitely going with um, Series 29. Yeah, Series 29. He came with a lantern. Very cool figure. So I think that'd be my pick. Um, good news is Jer- Jeremy Pedauer, a uh, friend of the show, he has already uh, gone on record saying that they are going to honor um, Brody Lee in the in the figure line. And um, from all appearances, I think his wife has a very positive relationship with with AEW and the uh, mm-hmm. you know the wrestling industry as a whole. So. I think we will be seeing a couple of Brody Lee figures, which is going to be really cool. And those are definitely going to be some hot sellers. So, so pre-order those when they come up. Um, so yeah, again, hats off. I think all three of us here were definitely big Brody Lee and Luke Harper fans. And we were glad to see him, you know, really get his shine on in AEW um, that he never quite got to do in WWE. Uh, there's really no easy way to transition um, after talking about, you know, such Something a solemn so real, yeah. uh, subject, but we do want to uh, switch it up and have a little fun now. We're gonna bring back the chickies. So this is an award. This is a uh, series of awards that Sheena started doing the first couple of years that she was doing her Instagram. Um, they had, I think, uh, they did it in 2018 on the pod. Went away last year because we've talked about it enough. The end of 2019 um, was really just kind of crazy for our family, and I think I think it was definitely a little bit of a precursor for the crazy year the world would have in yeah. 2020. Who knew? But they're back. Um, the way we did it this year, me and Sheena and Marco kind of curated the list of nominees. And then we turned it over to the Premium Foley fam in the Facebook group, which, again, you can join that at chickfoleyshow.com for $1 a month to uh, to vote. So these are a little bit of a uh, – these are Foley fam choices on this one. And uh, we're, we're going to run down the awards, and then we'll do a little bit of discussion on how the results played out, if we think the Foley fam got it right or not. 
So without further ado, the uh, the first category is going to be the Horseman versus Dusty Award. And this is the award that we give to the feud of the year. So mm-hmm. Marco, if you would, uh, please run us down the nominees for the Horseman versus Dusty Award. All righty. So we have uh, <clears throat> Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. Uh, we have Bailey versus Sasha Banks, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton, and FTR versus the Young Bucks. All right, Sheena, now if you will do the honor of announcing the winner of Feud of the Year. All right, and winner of the Horseman versus the Dusty Award is Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah, I think this was a uh, this was kind of like a fourth quarter victory right here. I think um, if this if we would have took these votes the week before TLC, I, I strongly doubt Bray versus Randy would have yeah. won. But uh, it's kind of a rule here on the show. If you set someone on fire, you win feud of the year. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that one's hard to top. You know, uh, the way the votes played out, uh, Bray and Randy ended up getting forty two percent of the vote. They kind of won it pretty easily. Um, Adam Cole and Pat McAfee and Bailey and Sasha were both kind of even there. Uh, Cole and McAfee got 22% and Bailey and Sasha Banks got 28%. And then FTR and the Young Bucks only got a few votes. They only got 8%. Yeah. Um, I thought that was kind of really the the biggest feud that kind of ran the course of the year at AEW. So that's why we threw that one in there. Um, what, what do you guys think of this uh, result? Did, did the Foley fam get it right? You know, I think it's, uh, you know, obviously, like we said, if you set somebody on fire, um, <laughs> then you automatically win. But I think it's also a little bit rec- a little little bit of recency bias, too, because we yeah. cannot deny that Bailey and Sasha, like, that, like, they ruled the first half of... 2020 and that's a few that's like five years in the making yeah exactly that is a long i mean well bray yeah. and randy kind of is too true i mean yeah, they got so, some backstory also yeah, yeah. so i mean that bray and, bray and randy's been in the in the works for a long time too but if you go back and look at the early days of 2020 which feels like five years ago to be quite honest um <laughs> bailey bailey versus sasha i mean i think those were definitely the top two contenders it was kind of surprising that bray and randy ran away with it like that but again i think it was just recency bias and the just the intensity which with their feud has come to a head and then you know obviously we saw on raw last night i mean they're 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 continuing on so and this uh this was the first uh category that we put up for vote for for the foley fam and i think i posted this up like two days after tlc mm-hmm. so it was still fresh in everybody's mind i think i you know i i can't remember which one i voted for i think adam cole and pat mcafee that was probably my favorite feud of the year i feel like that's the one that got the most heat you know i just remember when uh, that first Me and Marco episode, got worked. Yeah, that first yeah. episode of NXT. <laughs> that, was when, real. Uh, that was real, totally real. Yeah, the first episode of NXT when Pat showed up and he punted Adam Cole and knocked it out. Like I just remember just there was a visceral feeling. Like I really I just wanted to jump through the TV screen and like punch Pat McAfee. I was yeah. so mad at him taking that cheap shot on Adam Cole. And the crazy thing is, like Adam Cole had been a heel for all intents and purposes up to that point, but just seeing this outsider come in and attack him instantly made the undisputed era faces and they've kind of run with it since then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, pretty good year for feuds. We had a lot of uh, a lot of different stories in, in the in the hopper. There was definitely some uh, you know some other choices for honorable mention we could have thrown in there. Um, but yeah, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton they win feud of the year. Congrats, so now, guys! We will move on to the WrestleMania 17 award. This is the award for show of the year, we named it after WrestleMania 17 because that's pretty much the general consensus for best pay per view of all time. Marco, will you please read us the nominees for the WrestleMania 17 award? Sure thing. So we have uh, AEW's Full Gear. We have uh, NXT's Halloween Havoc, uh, WWE Royal Rumble, and WWE SummerSlam. All right. And the winner of the WrestleMania 17 Award Show of the Year goes to... Royal Rumble. (laughs) This was a runaway. The Royal Rumble grabbed 64 percent of the vote insane um, yeah. i mean like honestly though i mean it was pretty it was pretty epic full, full gear was up next with 30 percent of the vote halloween havoc grabbed six percent SummerSlam did not get a single not vote. a single vote I well, SummerSlam you, was actually really I thought really SummerSlam good. was good too man but honestly like full gear and royal rumble were both excellent yeah what, well, how do you feel crazy. about the the result marco um uh yeah i agree with uh, definitely definitely royal rumble set the year off definitely had it had way more way more crazy moments than mm-hmm. any any one of those shows that were mentioned actually so i mean all the other shows had cool moments but royal rumble had had like the two best nothing moments, can compete probably. yeah nothing can compete with like brock and edge and you know actually I mean, yeah three actually three moments you had edge returning you had mm-hmm. you had brock just dominating half of it half yeah. of the royal rumble and then you had the, the drew mcintyre just 
eliminating Brock up until that point. So yeah, that definitely deserved the win. Um, I'm surprised Halloween Havoc didn't get a lot of a lot more votes. That was such a fun show. I think it was fun. You know, I mean, I think it's not so much memorable as it just like when you look back on it, um, you just think like of how awesome it was and like how they nailed the feel of the show. It was perfectly executed. Yeah, what they were going for, like it was the absolute best version of a. A Wednesday night NXT episode that they turned into Halloween Happy. Yeah, it could I not agree. have been any better. I actually voted yeah. for Full Gear, despite Eddie Kingston. Uh, <laughs> in the main event. I thought Full Gear was just an awesome show. Because I was actually, I had to work the night Full Gear was on. And uh, I just couldn't turn away from it. I was actually neglecting some of the stuff I needed to do at work. Because I was streaming. <laughs> Full Gear and there was a couple times where I was like, okay, I need to put this down for like 30 minutes and go do something. But I, you know, I would break for like 10 minutes and go back and just finish the show. So I think Full Gear was probably my favorite. Um but yeah, Royal Rumble one, and, and spoiler alert, we're going to hear about the Royal Rumble a couple other times uh, yeah. during these chickies. So the next award is going to be the Michael Cole This Is a Moment Award. This is the award for the moment of the year. <laughs> so we know uh, if you've been following WWE for the last 10 years, you know, the, the big thing uh, that you hear Dave Meltzer, his overall criticism is that they don't book for storylines anymore. They just book for moments. Um, we, we call it this award because, so uh, like I mentioned earlier when we were talking about um, Brody Lee, we went to WrestleMania 31, uh, me and Sheena and our good friend Jordan, his wife Ari, you know, Jordan came out here a couple weeks ago and stayed with us. Um, we, we, uh, we went to WrestleMania 31. I remember the next day we were talking about one of the things that made it like a really good WrestleMania was watching it with no commentary, you know, because yes. we were there in the building, we didn't have the commentary. And uh, I said that and everybody agreed. And then Jordan comes in with just a, such a memorable, you know, one liner. He said, yeah, we didn't have Michael Cole screaming. This, this is, is a, a moment, moment every 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we know that's Michael Cole's favorite thing. He's probably getting that through his earpiece and uh, straight from Vince and Michael Cole's defense. But uh, but yeah, so that's why the, the, that's how we come up with the name for this one. And uh, Marco, if you do us the honors of reading the nominees. All right. So we have the moment of the. Uh, Year award goes. It's a, either uh, it's Edge re, Edge returns at Royal Rumble, uh, Roman Reigns returns at SummerSlam, Sting debuts on AEW, and WrestleMania's move to the uh, PC or Performance Center. All right, Sheena. All right, the This Is a Moment award goes to <laughs> Edge returning at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, this was another uh, landslide victory. Insane. So, this I think yeah. this is the biggest difference we had in any vote. Like yeah. I think this one ran away with damn it. Damn near unanimous. Anything. Edge yeah. ended up getting eighty six percent of the vote. Uh, Roman got two percent. Sting got six percent, and WrestleMania got six percent. I was surprised because. Um, when I was when we were coming up with these list of nominees, I honestly thought that WrestleMania was going to run away from it. I thought yeah. that I thought that that was really kind of like one of the defining moments. It's a, of, it's a historical. Yeah, like it's a historical. It, it really moment. is, yeah. and I thought it really just captured 2020. You know, that was the biggest representation of the way 2020 has shook up the world. Um, as far as it relates to our little world. Because WrestleMania was the last thing hanging on. Every other sports organization had canceled everything they had going on. Every yeah. major concert March had Madness canceled. Madness had already ended. NBA yeah. had already gone on And pause. WrestleMania was like the last hope. It was and we like, all know, you know Vince is just crazy enough that he would be like, screw it, we're going to press forward anyways. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But yeah, WrestleMania, you know, we know how huge of a deal it is every every year. It, I, You know, I almost called this, uh, this nomination WrestleMania gets canceled because to me that's kind of what happened you know mm-hmm. you can call wrestlemania 36 wrestlemania but it really wasn't wrestlemania like, yeah. like we know and love so i was really surprised you'd only get that but that tells me that you know people don't want to look at the negative you know they want to focus on the positive stuff which and, i'm here for yeah, yeah so you guys got to see it live i was overseas at the time what was it like when edge came Ooh, back i mean it road warrior pop galore like marco have you watched it recently have you went back and like watched the rumble recently uh no but i've i've, I've seen that like clip Probably yeah. more than anything of him, uh, the just a silence of waiting for the next uh, entrant and then yes. his music hitting and that crowd literally just loses it's it, it's 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 hard to even describe. Like it was like it was it was akin to like when the Hardy Boys returned. You know what I mean? Like you, do you remember how like how insane it was when the Hardy Boys returned yeah. to WrestleMania? Like yep. when when he's when it said you know you think you know me and. It like took everybody like a split second, and then you just hear this like roar of the crowd, yeah. and you can just tell when Edge comes. I, I got goosebumps like just talking about it just now. When Edge comes out, like he is literally just kind of like in shock himself. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> yes. it's not. It's not until he gets to the middle of the ramp that he like turns into Edge. You know, he's Adam Copeland until he like turns into yeah. like, 
the middle. He's just kind of like fanboying out him, himself, just like hearing that, you know, how much people are excited. Because up until that point, do you remember, he was like tweeting out like, you know, week after week after week, like, nope, still nope, not happening. You know, and he had retired from the Edge and Christian show, said, you know, I'm retiring again. You know, this is yeah. it. He did um, that. He came out at SummerSlam 2019, that August before yeah. in Spirit Elias. Like, yeah. It's funny because it was such a great surprise, even though all the breadcrumbs were there. You know, he he had the appearance at SummerSlam where he got physical for the first time in forever. And we had seen pictures of him at the gym looking like <laughs> yeah. a certified freaking monster. He quits the podcast, but then he just says that, you know, it's because Beth His, was doing yeah. NXT and he needed more time to be with the kids. Like every He's, single crumb, every single breadcrumb was right there in front of us to know, like, this is definitely happening. And yeah. people were still like. I think because Edge has been so open with the fans and stuff from like the start since social media became a thing, like yeah. everybody kind of just took him at his word when he said he's not coming back, you know. Yeah. And then sure enough, he comes back and shocks the world. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. And then he just came in and just like freaking speared the hell out. You know, he was in there. What he was in there for like twenty five minutes. Who who eliminated him? Drew elimin? No, um, was it Randy? Randy. Yeah. I, Randy yeah. No, I think he eliminated Randy. Right. I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I can't remember. I think it came down to Edge, Seth, Roman, Drew, and Randy Orton. Okay. I'll have yeah. to. I'll yeah. Fire, you guys, I'll fire up the Google machine. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's no surprise that that one, that that one moment of the year, I mean, it'd been like, what, you know, 12 10 years, 10, 12 yeah, 10 years. Yeah. He retired yeah. in 2000 and, uh, 2000, 2010 or 2011 is when he retired. So yeah, almost 10 years. Insane. So, uh, Congrats to Edge for for winning the uh, the chicky from from this this is a moment moment of the year. All right, yeah, Edge got eliminated by Roman. By Roman, oh, okay. Roman. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I was just thinking, you got to see Edge like, what a uh, what a real spear was like. A spear versus uh, spear. That's, right. my, that's that's my dream match right there. Spear just spear on a pole match, just spearing back and forth. <laughs> To the last person, <laughs> last get, man sparing. Get, uh, Goldberg in there, making a triple threat. Oh my! Oh my god! god. Last man sparing match, just like yeah, the spear until Marco. the other person can't get up. Yes, oh my last god. man sparing. <laughs> are you uh, are you a big Edge fan, Marco? Or what's your overall take on Edge? We've never really discussed this. Oh, I love Edge. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was in, uh, I was with everyone with the the whole like Matt Hardy, Lita, Edge thing. Like, Who, was whose team? Up. Whose team were you on? Were you Team Matt or Team Edge? I, I I was kind of team Matt on that one, um, because because what because ha- just because of the behind the scenes stuff, like yeah, him getting fired and like not because he was doing bad, because probably you know what was going on with like Edge and Lita at the time. But um, no, I was always a fan of Edge. My, I, I think I told you guys that before. My my wife is like she loves Edge. That was like her. That was her favorite. Her Triple H Edge. Um, Mick Foley, she like yeah, those are the like, ones she loved the most. But like even it, she agreed, even she agreed. Like uh, she actually watched the they had a, the last man standing match at uh, WrestleMania with um, him and Randy or- Randy Orton. She was just like she's like, oh my god, he looks old, but he still looks like and like, he oh, still looks he, young. Yeah, he, he still looks a, in shape. He's a, beautiful, he's a beautiful specimen, and I think even yeah. as an older like he's he's got that really like you know George Clooney esque like older gentleman type <laughs> vibe to him. You yeah. know what I mean? I still think he's a really good looking guy, even as a as an older wrestler. So yeah, I, I think edge is awesome. So me, I, I kind of got a little bit of a complicated relationship with edge. I, uh, you know, I've told before, I, I've talked about before that I really kind of fell out of wrestling around mm-hmm. like late 2001 after the, uh, after the WCW, uh, you know, buyout and then the botched invasion angle. I was just so turned off yeah. by that, that I really got turned off on wrestling until WWE network came out. So Kind of when I quit watching, Edge was still like, you know, really good mid-carder, cool. He was in some badass tag team matches with Edge and Christian. But that was kind of where I stopped off at. And then when I would catch little peaks, you know, in the in the in-between time, like 2004, 2005, I remember looking back, it was just, you know, a horrible take by me. But I would like glance and I'd see that Edge is in like the main event world title picture. And I would just be like, what the hell? Like, why is Ed, you know, Ed, this is what wrestling's like now. You know, it, it kind of reinforced my decision that I'd, you know, I'd made the right call kind of getting out of it for a little bit. And then I randomly ended up watching WrestleMania 23 live, or no, WrestleMania 24 live when he main evented with Undertaker. And yeah. uh, I instantly saw like, okay, yeah, this dude's a legit main eventer because that was such an awesome freaking match. Mm-hmm. Like that you, you legit thought that the, uh, uh, the streak was going to end, you know, when he hit that spear on uh, Undertaker after, after Zach and, and Kurt came out and interfered. Um, just a re- really, really great show and, and a great match. So 
So hats off to Edge. I'm still holding out hope that uh, he he's makes it back to the Royal Rumble. He's actually the betting favorite, right? He's tied um, with a couple other guys as the betting favorite right now in the upcoming Royal Rumble. That'd so. be pretty. I'd be pretty rad if Edge won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, because he only came back. What he came back for the match at Mania and then the match at Backlash, and he's been injured since, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the Mania match was like the 35 minute, right? That was like the yeah. And then they was, had the greatest match of all time, or what yep. was it called? The great greatest match ever. Greatest match. Greatest wrestling match, match ever. Yeah. All right, and that'll uh, segue us into our next uh, award, which is going to be the Dave Meltzer Seven Star Tokyo Dome. <laughs> this is going to be the award for match of the year. All right, we know how. Uh, we know the Dave Meltzer five-star scale is uh, kind of like the gold standard for reviewing wrestling matches, and everything gets extra stars if it happens in Japan. So that's how we came up with the name for this one. So, Marco, read us off the nominees. All right. So we have uh, Edge versus Randy Orton at Backlash, which we just spoke about, the greatest wrestling match ever. Um, you have FTR versus the Young Bucks at Full Gear. Um, uh, Dragonov versus Walter at um, NXT UK. That was a regular show, not a, a um, pay-per-view. And then the Royal Rumble itself, the Royal Rumble 2020. Um, All right, Sheena. And the winner of the Dave Meltzer 7-star Tokyo Dome Award for Match of the Year is... Should be no surprise by now, guys. It was the Royal Rumble. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Royal Rumble has dominated the, the chickies, uh, show so man. far. And I, w- I, think I think we do need to point out that was the last major show that had the fans pandemic. in attendance. You know? <laughs> yeah. so I good. think Elimination Chamber had people there, but that we all know that's you know a B show or possibly yeah. a C show at this point. So yeah, yeah, the last big show with the crowd is making the clean sweep. I think, I think people are just, no, absolutely. People are just remembering, you know, life before the pandemic and everything about the Royal Rumble. It just kind of represents, you know, <laughs> what, what life was like in wrestling before, before the yep. pandemic. So yeah, everybody's just like, give me the rumble. Cause everything after that kind of just seems, I mean, as sad as it is, we've had some really great moments, you know, they've, they've made the, you know, best out of a bad situation, but everything since then really just kind of hits the same note and feels the same. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing, there hasn't been anything like super, super special. I loved FTR and Young Bucks just because the story they told with, you know, busting out all the classic finishers and then mm-hmm. FTR lost when they went over what they did, you know, their fists, not flips. And then they did flips and lost. So I yeah. thought that was just a great piece of uh, storytelling in that match. So that was my pick. But uh, you can't go wrong with Royal Rumble. That's definitely the most fun match every single year. Yeah. And this one was really unique um, with the way they did it with Brock coming in and just showing off. I think this was um, you know, it, that, that match needs to be in the highlight reel when Brock gets in, inducted in the Hall of Fame someday because it just showed you exactly why he is one of the best um, performers of all time. Yeah, I think a really, I think a dark horse in this match was the Ilya Dragunov and Walter match. I don't know if yeah, a ton of oh ton God. of people saw that because that, that match kind of so went, under, it flew under the radar until after it had happened. Hell you know what I mean? I felt like, you know, people really didn't know what was going on until after it had happened. Everybody was like, holy shit, did you see that match? You know, um, so if you haven't seen that yet, it's from October 29th. Um, you know, Ilya Dragunov and Walter, uh, just freaking banger. Check it so, out on the network. Yeah, check it out on the network for sure. I really hope Walter gets over this thing of wanting to live in the U.S. and we get to see a, a run with him in, in America because he is, uh, I mean, everything he touches turns to gold. He's just a hell of a performer. He's um, he's really got the presence thing down. You know, yeah. I think uh, any a lot of guys can get, you know, really awesome moves and, you know, they can even cut a good promo. But there's something about just having the presence of of looking like a big deal. Yeah. And Walter's got that down pat. And he's got a killer faction, too. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's just amazing. All right. It's time to get uh, to, to the two biggest awards of the year. First up, we have the Hitman Award. Uh, this one should be self-explanatory, but it's for the Wrestler of the Year. Marco, give us the nominees. All right. So we have uh, Bailey. We have Drew McIntyre. John Moxley. And Roman Reigns. All right. And the winner of the Hitman Award for Wrestler of the Year is... Drew McIntyre. Well-deserved. Yeah, very, very well-deserved. Had some amazing showings um, this year and definitely carried the company in the most unprecedented time in, in the company's history was champion, had amazing matches with Seth and Dolph, um, was the Royal Rumble winner, had an amazing match with Roman. I, I just feel like Drew McIntyre deserves all all the praise, all the accolades for everything that he's done yeah. this year. He won this one running away. He got 51% of the vote. The other three all pretty much uh, were right about even. Under 20% yeah. for everybody else. Uh, Marco, what, what, what do you think? Do you think uh, Drew McIntyre is a worthy choice for wrestler of the year this year? Yeah, I would, I would say that. I mean, he he had a he started off the year with a bang with winning the Royal Rumble, eliminating Brock Lesnar, 
and then just from there, just carrying throughout the whole the whole year as as the face of the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only only other person I would put next to him, um, who I was surprised didn't, but this is probably my own bias, my own pick, was probably Bailey. Yeah, Bailey because I mean, not just her, but obviously her and Sasha Banks, but. From beginning, obviously, from the beginning of this year to the end of the year, they like they pretty much carry the company as well. Yeah, uh, I agree. The, ra- the ratings models. were the best. Yeah, the ratings yeah. were the best in Bailey and Sasha I agree. segments. It was Drew, Bailey, and Sasha carried WWE this year. One hundred percent. We yeah. can we can definitely give Bailey the award for most improved because I feel like when she first started her heel gimmick and the whole Karen haircut and everything, I was not. I did. I just, whatever reason it didn't connect with me. And then, you know, early this year, I was just like, wow, dude, like it's something about it, you know, like ding dong. And like, just yeah. her whole, <laughs> hello. The whole, yeah, hello, <laughs> the whole gimmick. I just loved it. And it like, it was so annoying, but I loved every, I loved every bit of it. So, um, yeah, I, I think Bailey was definitely a good, a good second choice, but yeah, you, you can't go wrong with Drew McIntyre. Definitely not. All right, up next is going to be something that we added um, just in the the last couple of days. Uh, we wanted to create something else to recognize um, Brody Lee, and we have the Brody Lee Award right in this one. So this one was not a fan vote. We're each going to uh, pick. Um, we're each going to pick a wrestler that we think is kind of um, unsung. You know, maybe they for whatever reason um, they're they're very talented, but they just haven't quite gotten as. Uh, as much shine as we think they should for whatever reason. And uh, we'll go around. So, so Marco, who is your pick for this award? See, I had a pick already, but then, uh, uh, Monday night raw swayed me a little bit yesterday. And I was like, I was like, damn, okay. this person actually needs, I think everyone would agree that this person started off crazy at the beginning of their career with, with WWE. And then it kind of like fizzled off. Um, I'm going to go with ricochet on this one. That's, that's not a bad pick choice. at all. I think he's kind of, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he, Rick, Ricochet was definitely in my top contenders for this award. He tore it down Mustafa Ali last night also. Yeah, no, that, that, that I was going to say that match right there. It, it swayed me in the sense where like, he's so damn good, but it's just something that like, obviously it's the it factor thing, right? We talked about yeah. this before. We're like, 100%. the Cesaro, we always use Cesaro as the, as the, as uh, the like poster the, boy. As a blue, yeah, the poster boy or the blueprint of the, uh, the it factor thing. And, uh, I think he, he's he's definitely he's definitely destined to be like he could be like a like a world like a universal champion or yeah, at some fought, point. But like, uh, he got a match with Brock at what Super Showdown or whatever back yeah. in February. Was it Super Showdown? Was that yeah, yeah, that's right. That was, yeah, Super Showdown. I don't think that that wasn't this year. That was was that last that year? That was last year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, he he started like he had the North American Championship in NXT. He was like the top guy there. Uh, came into the you know the company as the he, he won the United States Championship, held on to that, had some awesome matches with AJ Styles. Like yeah. they, yeah. they they fed him all these like all these guys, and it's just I don't know what it is, but I I definitely like to see him like get to where he's going because he always comes out um, in every match. He doesn't he 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 performs. He doesn't like you don't see like any type of lackluster with him. Um, even on like social media when he's tweeting and stuff like that, he's like, hey guys. You know, he's like, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm just going to keep on performing and I'm going to keep my head up, that type of thing. He's ever complaining about things on, on uh, social media saying, like, I, I deserve this shot. I deserve this. I deserve that. He's always just like, hey, I'm, uh, he's like, I'm still here. I'm not going hey, anywhere. You never know. The I'm squeaky wheel gets the grease. Sasha Banks went on a tirade and complained about all the things she needed. And then she's had, you know, arguably one of the best years. I think, so. uh, yeah. I think Ricochet suffers from a little bit of the same thing that Shinsuke has suffered from on the main roster is that. The dude is so electric in the ring. You don't need to see him every week, though. You know what I mean? When he was yeah. in NXT, it was a big deal. If you saw that graphic pop up, like Ricochet's in action next week, yeah. you're like, hell yeah, we're getting a Ricochet match. Same thing with Shinsuke Nakamura. But with certain guys like that, if you see him every when the when the in-ring work is the biggest thing they got going, they suffer the most when they get to the main roster and they're there every yeah. single week. True. You know? And, you know, I mean, they, they make them – perform they make them do all their big spots every single week it's not like it's not like it's ever slow played you know i mean you can see them every week yeah yeah, you you start to get kind of like the paint by numbers thing going with Mm -hmm. the matches um yeah i agree it's just it's different on the main roster you know it's i would almost say it's a you know it's kind of like a plague in the main roster now because we've seen it so much with these guys coming up over the last three or four years you just they they have like the best roster ever they just need to find a little bit better way 
to utilize everyone to keep yeah. everybody fresh instead of seeing the same 10 to 12 people every single exactly. week. Exactly. Yeah. She have like seasons, you know what I mean? There needs to be yeah. like seasons where it's like, you know, this group of people wrestles for this season. Then you just swap them out and it's like a fresh yeah, crop just, of talent. When you someone know? loses a feud, send them off for a couple months, you know what I mean? Or send them back to NXT or something and like that. And think about how much that would preserve the talent too. You know what I mean? Like if they had a couple months every year to just like rest and recoup and, you know, recover and rest their bodies and stuff. Um, and just for their mental health and everything. I mean, I think you would just get a much better, yeah, outcome. We have three. We have three brands now too. Instead of having these, you know, antiquated draft every single year, which never leads to any it's kind ridiculous. of excitement. Just hey, let's you know, Ricochet loses a few, he disappears for you know five or six weeks, then he pops back up in NXT or he pops up in SmackDown, you know, and just keep it fresh. Use use your three brands almost like three different territories. Um, I think yeah. it's really about with these guys. So yeah, I, I agree. You know, Ricochet. I think he's definitely passed up Hillbilly Jim as the best wrestler ever from our home state of Kentucky. So I'll always root for him <laughs> yeah. no matter what. Plus the fact that he uses Paducah, Kentucky still as his hometown. That's you true. Know, he didn't come up with some cool sounding you would hometown. never, You would never look at Ricochet and be like, that boy's from Paducah, Kentucky. Yeah, but he's from you know? Paducah. That's a shoot. You that's, know, a Sarah, that's, that's a Sarah Logan town. Yeah. You even know? Hillbilly Jim, you know, he says he's from Mudlick, Kentucky. That's a kayfabe town. That's not even a real place. I'm you sure know? it is so. somewhere. <laughs> There's got to be a Mudlick somewhere. No, Mudlick, Kentucky. Kentucky is a made-up town. Hopefully, <laughs> Jim is from Bowling Green, where we're from. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, I, I bet there's a little corner somewhere, a little you know, holler, Kentucky, that is called Mudlick. Yeah, you're a uh, Brody Lee Award winner. So, I have to go with somebody that I was super excited. You know, back when it was, like, when we were excited to see NXT talent come up from NXT to uh, the main roster. I had to say Tyler Breeze is who I, I picked for this because I just, I, I don't know why I just expected him to be such a bigger deal um, and such a bigger force in, in WWE at this point in his career. He's like the perfect example of how like star power and popularity and NXT doesn't always translate to the main roster. You know, he came up um, and people were, I was like, I was really excited, you know, but then he got in that gimmick with Summer Rae, um, which was fine. I liked it. They worked really well together. Um, you know, they, when they would do their comments, commentary segments and stuff, but I just felt like it held him back on a personal level for to like see what he was capable of. Um, but he's that like perfect mid card heel. And I feel like he should have come in, been put in the icy title picture as a serious contender right away. Um, but instead, you know, he's doing fashion police comedy gimmicks with Fandango, which again, I like, I like the fan. I like the fashion police. I think they're awesome, you know, and I, I like them as a tag team. Both those guys are super talented, but I just feel like Tyler Breeze on an, if if they took him serious as a wrestler, he has so much more to offer. I mean, we've seen it in some of his, you know, better matches, in my opinion. You know, he had a match versus Sami Zayn uh, at the first ever takeover where he was a, it was a number one contenders match, um, which is really great. Um, and then WWE could have had anybody fight Jushin Thunder Liger when he came. His and they, only appearance in WWE and they tabbed Tyler Breeze. And they... Him. Picked Tyler Breeze to fight him. Um, and then he had an awesome match against Velveteen Dream uh, for the North American title as well. So, you know, those are just a few right off the top of the head. But um, yeah, I mean, Tyler Breeze was the first ever live wrestling match you saw. Also. That, yeah, that's true. At NXT. Uh, San Jose. San Jose. Yeah. Seeing his entrance and like everything. It was like so uh, awesome. So, yeah. I, I I've Hideo Itami. Hideo Itami. <laughs> yeah. had third row seats. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, seeing him in person, I just always, I just always had a little bit of a, a love for him. And I just feel like he, if, if given the opportunity, I feel like he could do amazing things on the, on the main roster. All right. And, uh, I'll, I'll finish it up. So if, if our mole from uh, WWE is listening right now, you're going to hear, there's definitely a theme to our choices. Um, and I, my pick is Andrade, you know, Andrade to me is, is, as big a main eventer as, as main eventers get, um, and he has just not connected on the main roster like uh, like we thought he would. He uh, he did have the U.S. title win, but aside from that, he's kind of just been stuck in these just random storylines where he ends up fighting an endless uh, endless series of tag team matches. And I think the guy should be a main eventer. I think his match with Johnny Gargano at Takeover Philadelphia from a few years ago that's in my top ten matches ever. Oh, and yeah. I think that's what he's capable of. You know, hopefully he ends up the, his off screen um, relationship with Charlotte. Hopefully that translates to something on screen because I think that could definitely elevate him once he makes his return because he has been off TV for a little bit. But uh, but yeah, I think Andrade's got the potential to you know be as you know a main eventer. But Marco, what's, what's your take on Andrade? Oh yeah, no, I I think uh, if, yeah, I think on this show I said like a few times like before that I'm a huge fan of Andrade. Um, especially th- definitely that match he had with uh, Drew McIntyre for the uh, NXT Championship. That match was 
insane. Obviously, he had the outside interference from Zelina, but you know, that just that, added to it. Yeah, there's that yeah, definitely added to it. But I always seen him as like a, as, as an awesome talent and like kind of like a like a new version of um uh what was it? What was the wrestle I was thinking of? Can't think of his name right now. Um, crap, lost my I lost my train of thought. But anyway, but no, definitely uh. Definitely Andrade's. I always thought he was going to be like at least like a IC champ or not not world champ yet, but like definitely seen him as like a mid card title holder, right? Going with a title run and stuff like that. I know he won the United States. It is a pretty forgettable run he had with that belt. Yeah, they, I, I was seeing him as like an IC guy. Obviously, that seemed like as like the higher of the two mid card titles. Definitely, um, definitely like an IC, and then maybe like having a few like championship matches, but not winning them. But definitely getting that exposure. I seen seen that happening but uh obviously that fell through and it didn't happen but yeah i think he's definitely due for a like a like a decent run against you know a babyface champion maybe like if it drew mcintyre as a champion at the time um definitely have a run at him i'd, I'd like to see that feud happen again yeah that'd be cool to see him reignite that storyline yeah and um i mean depending on who wins the universal title you know you know roman's probably gonna be holding on to that for like for dear life so I don't want to see two heels go at it <laughs> unless they turn Andrade babyface uh, for some reason, which would be pretty cool as well. And then he goes after Roman, but but yeah, yeah, no, he definitely he's uh, definitely due for something. The Brody Lee Award is something that will definitely add to the chickies every year from now on. Like I said, we all know that for years um, we've been clamoring for Brody Lee and Luke Harper to get a little bit more time, a little bit more attention from WWE creative. Um, he was starting to get it in AEW, um, and then, you know, sadly, he was just taken from us way too soon. So, again, uh, thoughts and prayers to his family, and this will just be kind of our little way of paying tribute uh, to this great, great performer. So, without further ado, it's time for the uh, big award. You know, this is the, the Grammy for Album of the Year, the Oscar for Movie of the Year. This is the Jeremy Padauer Award for Figure of the Year. You know, Jeremy has contributed so much to... The figure game, you know, he by running Jack Pacific, creating the classic superstars line, which I think really just changed the game and revolutionized wrestling figures and wrestling figure collectibles. And then obviously um, wrestling figure collectors were lucky enough that Jeremy got put in charge of the AEW line. And um, though they've had some ups and downs, I think everybody's very happy that, uh, you know, it's a thing. And we're all excited to see where AEW Unrivaled goes in 2021. So without further ado, uh, Marco, give us the nominees for the Jeremy Padauer Award for Figure of the Year. All right. So we have uh, AEW Unrivaled, a little bit of the bubbly, Chris Jericho. Uh, we have Elite 77, The Fiend, Ultimate Edition, Hulk Hogan, and we have Elite 79, Io Shirai. And the Jeremy Padauer Award for Figure of the Year goes to by a Freaking hair, ultimate edition Hollywood Hulk Hogan. No, double drum roll. <laughs> the ultimate edition Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Yeah, this one could not have been any closer. Definitely turned into a two horse race um, between Hollywood Hogan and Io Shirai, and the Hulkster won forty six. He got forty six percent of the vote. Io Shirai got forty five percent of the vote. Uh, Fiend, Fiend had a, a couple stray votes, and I think there was one Jericho Hollick out there. I think Jericho snuck into the figure fam to cast a vote for himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it came down to Io Shirai and Hollywood Hogan. I think this is really, um, you know, I think it uh, it's kind of like two, it depends on like your doctrine on giving out awards. I think Io Shirai was definitely the most well-executed figure of this year. You know, it looks like they just, they took Io Shirai and just struck yeah. her down into six-inch yeah. form. I voted, I voted for plastic. Io. Yeah, I voted for Io 100%. Perfect representation. Mm-hmm. Could not have been any better executed. But Hollywood Hogan won. Um, he's just, you know, a titan in the wrestling figure industry. He was the biggest star ever, and then he turns heel. You know, he went from being the biggest babyface ever to the biggest heel ever. Um, he was definitely the biggest missing gap, I would say, in Mattel's line. You know, it's really down to him and Owen Hart is like the two biggest holes in the Mattel collection. Um, and this was a figure that had five years worth of hype. You know, this thing was revealed at Comic-Con 2015. Obviously, Hulk had his kind of off uh, outside the ring mistakes come to light. And he was basically putting the doghouse for a few years before coming back. 
when we finally got the figure. So he had a whole lot going for him. He was definitely the most significant figure of the year, I'd say. But I still think Io Shirai was the best. Uh, Sheena, what was your what was your take on uh, Hogan or, or Io? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I voted for Io. I think um, the Hollywood Hulk Hogan figure is great. Everything you said about it, you know, it was just years in the making. I think the fans were clamoring for it, and the fact that they teased us with it and then took it away made it that much more that, like that much more allure to it. But for a first time in line figure, like let's be let's be real here. I mean, they've had thirty five years to perfect Hulk Hogan figures. You know what I sure. mean? They've had they've had every a lot of different to, uh, ones to learn from and, yeah. and take the best parts off of. Exactly. So I mean, they've been working with Hulk Hogan figures for thirty five years. This is a first time in line, Io Shirai, and we like we have it's no secret the Mattel has struggled with the female like facial scans. You know, sometimes like it just looks a little bit of a Jace. But I mean, they nailed it with like the the jacket, the soft goods jacket looks amazing with the fur. Her expression is perfectly EO. It's like it's just like yeah. she's like entering into the, you know, like her entrance face um, and just everything about it. Like the sculpting on the boots. I just love this figure so much. Who did you vote for, Marco? I voted for EO. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> Definitely. Yeah. It's uh, like you said, it's you shrink down to EO Shirai. And it, that's literally you ever in the palm of your hands. It's mm-hmm. it, it, it's. It's pretty amazing what they what they did with that figure. There's obviously there's tons of other figures that that could could have uh, gone into this as well. But hundred percent, yeah. That one definitely is. I mean, even even uh even Bill McKenna, he like even he gloated about it. He was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> He's like, I, he was like amazed himself how good this figure came out, which is well, pretty. And it's it's very rare good. that somebody doesn't have a um, basic before, especially a women's figure that doesn't have a basic before they have a uh, yeah. She went elite, out, you know what I mean? To an elite. Um, so she went straight to she went straight to the elite line. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that she's like you know just unfreaking believably talented. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I think she's, she's the best women's wrestler in the world right now. Yeah, here, I mean, here, she's insane. Here's where, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna nitpick this. Here's where I oh here's, we here's where. No, no, here's what we're doing good. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't about EO. It's about the Hogan figure. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay, okay. So you want a yeah, Hollywood Hogan figure, also. right? You have the spray-painted NWO, big gold belt, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, that I have a reason why I didn't vote for the Ultimate Edition is the BOA. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan of the BOA. Well, not even that. He didn't have that at WCW. Yeah, that's a WWE thing. Up. So, yeah. but you have the, like I said, you have the spray painted belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had the, you have the NWO shirt. You have the look of of WCW Hogan, but then you throw in the boa. Yeah. So I think that kind of like you get have all the accessories you want, all the head scans, all that type of stuff. That kind of that one percent, I would have. That's why I gave it to Io Shirai because her, her figure's storm, perfect. Did the storm come with the boa. Storm came with a boa also. Yeah. yeah theirs was a soft good boa, which was huge. Yes. My biggest gripe with the Ultimate Edition Hogan was actually the shirt. I felt like he had to have that black and blue Hollywood rule shirt instead yes, of the regular NWO shirt. The yeah. shirt. I guess yeah. there's a rights issue. I guess like Hulk Hogan individually owns the rights to that show to that shirt, and the that's Hollywood, why yeah. Mattel didn't want to uh, use it for whatever reason. But still a great figure. Like I said, I was actually kind of up in the air on that figure until I had it in hand, and then, I, you know, I love it. Um, but yeah. yeah. Who did you vote I voted for EO. You voted for EO. Too? We all voted for yeah. EO. That was yeah, the other the host choice, but uh, the other thing the, I noticed with the Hogan figure too, which um, was it, it has more, way more articulation than all the other U, UE figures. Yeah, Did you guys notice that at all? Like it has the, um, it's got butterfly shoulders. Yeah, the other ones don't have that. Um, that's something that's on the on the ultimate uh, the UFC figures. They have butterfly like um, arms that you can actually like squeeze their arms and well, stuff like that. So at the ringside fest at home, I don't know if you got a chance to watch that whole video with Bill and Steve and everybody, they talked about in, in the future going forward, all, all ultimate editions are going to have that butterfly articulation in the shoulders. Yeah. I um, wish Brock would have had think, that. That'd be perfect for Brock doing all the yeah. suplexes and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that is going to be that. something going forward. No, it's yeah, going to be, I mean, it's going to be some, it's going to be something going forward for all ultimate okay. editions, which cause they, like he was talking about how he wants to make that line, like legitimately stand above and beyond, you know, the, all the other figures and be like the best, the best of all time. Oh no, they are definitely. If you, uh, I mean, sorry, MOC collectors, but if you're not opening these, you definitely can't so appreciate. Yeah. The, you know, the, you know, like the, Shawn Michaels, I, I love getting the ultimate edition Shawn Michaels out and doing super kicks and stuff with it. Dude, they're all good. Like the, every single figure that I like, I mean, obviously it was, a, everyone was a little shaky at the beginning with the, you know, Bret Hart and all that stuff. But even that figure is awesome. Yeah. Like they're all great. Like, I, I think they're all good. Like, if you if you open them up, 
Take the actual all. figure for Brett was yeah. amazing. The only gripe I really had was just like hair. head sculpts in the hair. Yeah, like that was like the actual figure was. It is five o'clock shadow that he had. We'll yeah. have to do that as a uh, <laughs> maybe we can do that as like a special edition Patreon episode sometime in the future. We can rank um, all the ultimate edition figures so far. For yeah, sure. like that. Yeah, let's definitely do that. All right, so that's going to wrap up the chickies. Thanks everybody for making a success this year, and uh, it'll definitely be a feature every year from now on on the podcast. Yeah, guys, and I hope you all have a happy, healthy New Year. You know, stay stay healthy, be kind to one another going into this New Year. There's a lot of a lot of craziness this past year, so just remember it costs you absolutely nothing to be kind to one another. Um, that includes being kind to one another online and in your social media presence as well. So you know, if you're out there trolling. Stop trolling in 2020. Make that your make that your New Year's resolution. Um, so, yeah. Again, guys, happy Happy New Year. Um, let's let's just make this a better year overall. All right. Uh, remember, you can find Sheena on Instagram at Chick Foley. Find Marco on Twitter at Chick Foley Show, and you can become a premium Foley fan member at ChickFoleyShow.com. Yeah, vote That's, for the Chickies next year. Join yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. You could be in on this. You could have been the difference on getting EO to figure of the year that she deserved. Right. She That's was right. robbed. She was robbed by the a, Foley fam. It was a conspiracy. The New World Order's at it again. Eric Bischoff's <laughs> behind this. All right, so that's it for 2020 for the Chick Foley Show. We will see you guys in 2021.